You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, truth. the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Optimal State. I uh, remember reading a book many years ago. It's written by this guy, very, very smart guy named Ray Kurzweil. Maybe you've heard of him. The book was called The Singularity is Near. And basically it was about an age that would come that the author, Mr. Kurzweil, believed to be inevitable where machines and humans would ultimately become one that, uh, well, uh, actually, the singularity, which he describes, um, is is an event where machines actually will reach a point where they can improve upon themselves. So they'll be able to identify shortcomings, see bugs in software, see defects in hardware, and actually call it out before it even happens and improve upon their their models to a point that they don't need human interference anymore and this is what Ray Kurzweil defined as the singularity. And he believed this to be inevitable because of basically the law of accelerating returns. And you see this in uh, a lot of technology. You see um, this basic, uh, it, it's almost like a, a law where as things improve in terms of, or things develop in terms of complexity is as, the processes are become more complex, the uh, returns accelerate exponentially. And so ultimately this book was about that, preparing for this and and what ultimately would be the pathway to lead there. And I read this book about 15 years ago now. I think the book maybe even it's probably 20 years old now, but uh, Ray Kurzweil has been on the on the scene for quite a bit. He is a self-proclaimed futurist, and I believe got his start in MIT, and his name, Kurzweil, if you're a musician, you may know it from keyboards or synthesizers, and that's how I came to know him, actually. You know, I was, uh, I'm a musician, as listeners of the podcast know, and uh, came to know Kurzweil synthesizers, and then came to know that oh the guy who invented these synthesizers or it was actually is actually a futurist he's a he's a technologist he's a guy who is anticipating the future he's a visionary so at the time when i read this book I was super blown away by these concepts i thought it was super super cool but as the years have gone on and i think as we've all of us have come to understand the implications of ai and what you know, the pros and cons of what this technology could do for us start to, uh, you know, maybe see things a little less uh, rose tinted. So figured we'd start with, we could look at uh, some things um, related to Ray Kurzweil. Uh, but real quick, just want to welcome you all again to The Optimal State. Thanks again for tuning in. This is episode 18. My name is Jared, and I'm joined as as always, by the man who needs no introduction, but who's going to get one anyway, Senor Adam. 
Welcome, my friend. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the weekend, and hopefully, this upcoming week is uh, even better for everyone listening and me and Jared as well. Uh, but yeah, hello, world out there. Yeah, man. So it's great to be chatting with you again. I know we we did take a few days off. We got to enjoy going upstate a little bit, but um, yeah, man. I mean, I I think. I'm bringing up Ray Kurzweil and AI because, um, you know, Elon Musk is having a interview, I think, tonight that's airing, if I'm not mistaken, or last night. It depends where we're dropping this episode. But uh, Monday night, um, I think Tucker and Elon are sitting down and chatting about the the dangers of AI. I did want to read a quick little thing about um, what Elon was saying. This is from... CNN Business. Elon Musk warned in a new interview that artificial intelligence could lead to a, quote, civilization destruction, even as he remains deeply involved in the growth of AI through his many companies, including a rumored new venture. AI is more dangerous than, say, mismanaged aircraft design or production maintenance or bad car production in the sense that it is it has the potential, however small one may regard that probability, but it is non-trivial. It has the potential of civilization on destruction, Musk said in a teaser clip Fox News shared on his interview with Tucker Carlson, which is set to air in two parts on Monday and Tuesday nights. Musk has repeatedly warned recently of the dangers of AI amid a proliferation of AI products for general consumer use, including from tech giants like Google and Microsoft. Musk last month also joined a group of other tech leaders in assigning in signing an open letter calling for a six-month six pause in the, quote, out-of-control race for AI development. And why would Elon Musk be so concerned? Well, here is a quote from the author of The Singularity is Near, and you may then see why certain people would be alarmed at what has been unleashed from Pandora's Bosque. Now, this is from Ray Kurzweil, from his book, The Singularity is Near. By the time of the singularity, there won't be a distinction between humans and technology. This is not because humans will become what we think of as machines today, but rather machines will have progressed to be like humans and beyond. Technology will be the metaphorical opposable thumb that enables our next step in evolution. And then he is also, this is one of his other famous quotes is, does God exist? Well, I would say not yet. Kurzweil is a supposedly self-proclaimed agnostic. But I think with a quote like, does God exist? Well, I would say not yet. That's more in the realm of atheism. And uh, I did see a documentary of his many years ago again. Uh, I believe it was down at like the Tribeca Film Festival. And in it, there's a poignant scene where he remembers his father and how impactful his father was to him and his lifelong curiosity and interest in technology. And it was a really nice scene. And he talks about how his interest in futurism and his interest in AI and the synthesis between machines and humans is really a way to conquer death. And your heart goes out to him. I mean, we we all live in this 
really atheistic secular society where we are conditioned to be fearful of death. We do everything in our power to reverse aging, to make aging not a thing that we could see. Like we're, we're repulsed by aging and anything that resembles death. So it's interesting, you know, your heart, you, you feel sympathy for the guy, but really at the end of the day, what you see is a guy who cannot handle creation. He can't handle life, like what life is. And he's fighting to conquer it. He's fighting to exert his will on reality and life and not accept it. And in this way, he's bringing about destruction in my eyes. I mean, and it's not in his way. He's so highly intelligent, so highly connected. I mean, he went to MIT and his wife works for Harvard. Harvard is very intimately connected to the Rockefellers, um, you know, and that whole world of the uh, the Davos group, basically the Davos family, you know, that, that whole world. So it's a very short connection from Ray Kurzweil to the Davos globalists. But uh, I digress a little bit. Really what I'm saying is that his good, in- what he thinks are his good intentions are really him serving himself. And it's bringing about ultimately a destruction for all of us is what it seems like. That's kind of my, ultimate conclusion is that a lot of what we're seeing with AI is going to be, I don't, I don't, I don't see the singularity happening personally. Now I'm going to go into my personal take on this. And then Adam, I want to open it up to you, dude, because I, you know, I, I really want to hear your opinion on this, but I'm thinking, I don't foresee necessarily a singularity because I think there's so much more nuance and so, so like an infinite amount more depth to what it means to be a human than what, Ray Kurzweil is thinking. He thinks like a human is purely computational power, it seems, you know, is really because that is what a computer does. A, a, a computer is just processing zeros and ones. Everything is is information in the form of zeros and ones. And it's just processing that like nonstop, just nonstop going through it and digesting this info and, and input output. That's it. Humans are not that simple. Humans have way more uh, systems going on than just a simple input out output mechanism. So I think it's a gross simplification, a desperation on, on his part to uh, an oversimplification of a human because, you know, he wants, he, he wants to conquer death and life is so short. And really, if he doesn't have the answers in, if he can't make that jump now in this life and he has to really take, uh, take the L basically and understand that this isn't going to happen in this lifetime. You need like another thousand years or just never will happen. You need God power to transcend death really. Cause you'll never be able to reproduce that life or, or uh, extend that life indefinitely. So anyway, Adam, let me open it up to you, dude. Anything uh, regarding AI you kind of want to jump into? I think you're on mute again. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, can you hear me? No, no worries. <laughs> All right. Yep, cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The real danger in AI to me is 
uh, what we talked about earlier is uh, the 5G network and robots and drones uh, uh, fully automated, making decisions on their own. I, I'm not really worried about the singularity, uh, but these people are sick uh, that want to live forever because what are you scared of? The, uh, the thing that you're scared of is because you can't, you're not, you know, probably you're not going to be rich in the next life or you're going some. No, they think, I think they're scared that the, there is nothing. That's what they think. They think there's absolutely nothing because they can't comprehend anything. They don't see creation as like this, like purely like amazing experience. They, they have desensitized themselves to the phenomenon that is creation. You know, everything is just a, is a very simple mechanical thing. Um, and they think that once you're dead, you're dead. And I'm sure there's a lot of, we may have a good amount of listeners who also have that. So there's no criticism there, but I'm just saying, I mean, actually there is criticism because that's not, I could definitely debate that hard, but um, what I would say is that there is a, uh, that's their, that's their motive is ultimately what I'm, I'm just trying to say here. Like that's kind of what motivates them to, act this way and push these 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 ideas forward well, it seems like they have um a problem with acceptance uh and on life's terms and how could you be happy if you don't accept those circumstances on life's terms and that's why these people are miserable because they can't accept the things that we accept um i'm not, I'm not saying that you know there, there aren't people that aren't miserable but uh, i i think that they know that they're, they can't, then they're, they're probably not going to be a billionaire once they leave here, regardless of what happens, uh, whether you are reincarnated or, you know, you own heaven, hell, whatever. I mean, uh, these people are sick. They, they want full control over everything and uh, they want, and they want to be the masters of life and death. Uh, and uh, especially in their own life. Uh, I, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, no, I don't think. I mean, would anybody really want to be 25 years old forever? I mean, it would be like prison eventually, I would assume. You know, I mean, like, even if you were given billions of dollars and you were 25, 25 forever, like, yeah, I mean, it just life wouldn't be the same. So I'm not really understanding what these people are uh, really want at the end of the day, besides to be able to keep their wealth and their power, because that's what it's really about i'm assuming uh and i i guess that's where we get into the transhumanism you know uh ai consciousness being hooked into a computer or a hard drive and uh you know what do they want what you know like futurama have a head in a fucking uh a, a glass bowl and you know is that exactly. what they're like looking forward to i mean I think that is what they would really would want. I mean, not that they want, but I think that that would be an option they would certainly consider. I mean, is not cryogenesis is that's kind of a, you know, a way of keeping a head in a vat of, of fluid, in a, you know, in a weird way, like preserving a body like that. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I, people can't, People, I think it really like boils down to people can't comprehend things out of their normative bias, right? Like they, everybody has this assumption that everything just, it's, it's kind of ironic because it's, it's really just a testament to uh, the perfection of creation that everything is sustained so perfectly that 
we have this naivety or, or this ignorance that we just think things are going to sustain forever and not change. And we think that with everything. We think that with our, our jobs, our relationships, our families, and then suddenly every time big disruption happens and we're rocked. You know, our girlfriend leaves us, our a, a, a precious family member passes away, uh, something really tragic happens and we're just rocked because the stability was just the rug was pulled out from under us. And it's, it's just hilarious that people really they can't even at these higher levels, they just look at life as, well, it can't it, it has to sustain this way. This is this is what it is. And. If if it ends, oh man, I I have to I have to fight tooth and nail to preserve this because this is all I know. I can't outside those walls of my experience is unknown territory, and that it just doesn't exist to me. It can't because I don't I don't control it, and that's the crazy thing. Like they're just so consumed by controlling their environment. And I'm a, I think I'm a guy who likes to control his environment. I mean, I, I, I really, part of my philosophy of the optimal state is pushing for order, right? Is, is rejecting chaos and, and choosing order over that chaos. But, and these people I think are largely cut from that cloth, but they're godless. And they're, they're moving in that direction where they are their own gods and they're, and they're, and they're pushing their will outwards on everything and they will stop at nothing un until their will is 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 the law of the land and i mean time and again you look through history and this is this is the the story this is the this is the turning right this is the end of this certain age we talk about it a bunch we talk about it we come at it from different angles in other episodes you know we talk about it from the angle of currency we talk about it from the angle of civil unrest but it seems like everything is, is hitting that head right now. And now we're talking about it in terms of, you know, kind of technology. And I think ultimately, I think also what's interesting is, um, you know, part of the whole, the outlook on AI is like how people are just willing to accept it. So, so willfully it seems, you know, it's almost like we have the ability
you were mentioning drones before and and you know i think we were talking about like the 5g tower rollout that happened during covid that no one really talks about this like while everyone was inside they were building towers across the entire united states and just you know kind of convenient that everybody was inside not watching them while they were doing it um so i mean what what do you think do you think there's some stuff related to anything uh with drones in the towers and and ai i mean this seems like there could be an interesting little dystopian synthesis there intersection of those uh yeah i'm i'm all worried about uh uh starlink uh because once the whole world is covered in the internet you won't be able to start these autonomous robots and drones ever. Uh, you know, you can take down a 5G tower. You can't take down a satellite that is beaming the internet into the earth. Uh, that, that's like the real concerning thing to me. And, you know, these people want to control everything all the time. And the one thing that they fear is death. And it's really funny because uh, Osama bin Laden, one of the things he said uh, years ago obviously before he was killed and maybe even before 9-11, he said, uh, you know, America loves life, but we love death and we, you know, right. we accept it. And, you know, they, they, you know, that is part of what they believe in, you know, that is a part of them. Whereas like you have like these super elite that will do anything to live as long as they can and hold on to every single bit of power, every single bit of money they have in order to maintain that control over humanity and who are the good guys really i mean that that is the question that i i actually would like answered it just seems to me that there aren't uh many of them out there um or maybe they're just not at the forefront i mean you guys yeah obviously like we like guys like you and me, we we're here to try to make some sort of difference, everything. But I, I'm talking about on a major political level or a major corporate level. Like who's pushing against this? And it just seems like no one really is. It just seems like there's nobody on our side unless you get below a certain, uh, uh, unless you make a certain below a certain wage. You know, if you're, it's like all the people that make a certain amount, they all want everything. And everyone else has to suffer for them. That way, they can have everything. Uh, and and if you don't believe it, just I mean, uh, look at the mass amounts of wealth that these people gained during the COVID pandemic. It was like unprecedented. And it's sad because I, I try not to be totally black pilled on this, but I just really don't feel like there's anyone good fighting against this. Uh, I kind of feel like. Anybody above a certain income is all on one side and they're all against us. Yeah, it's uh, the whole the worldview that a lot of people have is to be very self-interested. And then beyond that is to be tribe interested. So this whole I, I think a lot of the issue is that they sell us an illusion that we're all in this together. But they know full well we're not in this together that like they know and they even look they're like. How do you guys believe this? You guys are like squabbling over the silliest things. You all live in these cities where nobody trusts their neighbors. Fights break out left and right. You know, and I mean, we're seeing the breakdown of society before us. It's not just a news thing. We're seeing statistics. Well, What's that? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, if you, you just, uh, you know, you want to see a disconnect, just look at that video of uh, the, the celebrity singing oh, the imagine, Beatles song. Right. I mean, I talk about, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, 
you actually just want to punch these people in the face. Um, like, or, or like, it's just so despicable that these people are just so into themselves that they thought something like, and do you think like the, the people the com- that made the commercial were like trying to show that at the end of the day? Like, do you think that maybe that was um, kind of the objective was to humiliate these people? Because how could you really believe if you produce something like that? How could you really believe like something well, like that was okay? I would say people bought into it though. And I think a lot of these celebrities really do buy into their own BS like they think their 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 stuff smells better than everyone else's. Seriously, as I and we we saw that when we were playing music, I saw that. I used to do. I lived in LA for a while. I used to do some acting. I saw people who you uh, we know we know someone who is like was in that world. I don't know. You, you know, I'm not. Gonna, we're not saying any names, right? Because <laughs> we know. Uh, anyway. But we know what this world and this outlook could do to people. Really just like mess them up, make them into these cold-blooded narcissists. Like that's where I think lizard people comes from because I think people become lizard-like. And I think they get this like kind of cold-blooded mentality and they kind of develop into lizards. I mean, that's not, you know, that's take that take of that what you will <laughs> there's no there's nothing factual yeah i was about like that uh, take thing. of that what you will you know, that's that's kind of my how my imagination at work right there but uh you know but yeah. anyway i think we're kind of uh we're gonna close up shop rather shortly here this was a fun one i want to i want to delve into more of this because actually this is this is an avenue i think we haven't explored too much on the show i want to i think there's a lot of stuff here to get into so um but you know we got the Elon interview, uh, probably going to open up a whole bunch of conversations this week. So we'll see what's going on. Adam, anything you want to leave the the crowd with? Any words of wisdom? Uh, uh, yeah, don't uh, don't try to put your brain to a hard drive. I don't think it's really going to work out too. Certainly well. not. Certainly not. That's great. <laughs> I agree with that. I can't. I can't uh, improve on that wisdom. <laughs> Uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Optimal State. Check us out on Twitter at Optimal State Pod. Uh, shoot us an email, OptimalStatePod at gmail.com. And I think that's about it. We're gonna we're gonna leave you with some good Qatari on the way out. And uh, see you guys soon, alright? Sayonara. Bye everybody. I got a girl and she's dead too. I drove a car off the fumes of our youth I took a chance, well, I took two I was a boy who died for you I was a boy who died for you
Chance, man. 